a shame, really, that we haven't recorded. And I said I was going to... I mean, we've had so many great conversations, obviously, in the past few months. And every time I was like, damn, I mm. should have recorded that. And then I was saying, well, I'm just going to have the recorder ready when we start talking and just hit it. But never did. So there's all kinds of things we've already talked about mm. that I kind of want to talk about again this time recording them. Okay. And one of the big ones that I think was a big deal for you is the, the Yogi Bhajan. It's so funny that you mentioned that because when you said earlier today that you wanted to talk about that thing specifically, my first reaction was it was a big deal and now it just seems like such a thing of the past. Like it doesn't even, it's not even on my radar anymore. Right, I know. And I don't even know that I would have been able to talk about it at the time where I was so emotionally attached to it. But that's why I wanted to have the recorder because we did talk it through. Yeah, we did. And that's why it seems like it's not, you've moved on. But... For the sake of a podcast episode, I, I think it's important to talk about. Can you... First of all, Yogi Bhajan is the person who brought Kundalini Yoga over to the East. To the West. Uh, to the West, yes. what did I say? From the East, From the to, east the west. to the West. Right. And there are, what, thousands of followers, mostly oh women? Gosh. I don't know if it's mostly women. I know many... There's. I mean, I'm sure it's mostly women. I would say. I would say. I mean, it's the pr- probability, or statistically speaking, I'm sure it's mostly women. And you and I would be um, biased in that we both wholeheartedly, through experience, believe in the benefits of Kundalini Yoga. Right. Like we've seen <clears throat> that in our own lives and mm-hmm. our own experience. You, when we first met, um, we met through yoga, right? Talking mm-hmm. about yoga, and I mentioned it, Kundalini Yoga, to you. And you said you had tried it and didn't like it, and I urged you to give it another shot. You got back into Kundalini Yoga at my suggestion, and then you just went full hog, <laughs> like deep, mm-hmm. right? Deep. And then you discovered Rama mm-hmm. and Guru Jagat, and... Which, to this day, I have no idea how I discovered Guru Jagat. It was just meant to... It was just one of those things that came into my awareness because it was supposed to, and I have no clue how I stumbled upon her right at all and then there's montclair kundalini yoga Mm -hmm. you know your community Mm -hmm. and then did you want to pick it up from here this woman writes a book and yogi bhajan is revered by all the all the yogis the kundalini yogis i mean there's pictures of him in studios Mm -hmm. and there's 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 um there's mantras to, to, to Yogi Bhajan, and, and, and everything is Yogi Bhajan this, and these are Yoga Bhajan's teachings, and this is what he said about this and that. And then this woman writes a book. Well, apparently this book has been out for a long time, or I don't th- I mean, it was just published, but she's been in the midst of writing this book for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a disclaimer, I did not actually read the book. It's called Premka, The White Bird in a Golden Cage, My Life with Yogi Bhajan, by Pamela Sahara Dyson. Sahara Dyson. Yeah, so I didn't read this book. Apparently, this woman was uh, one of his employees, um, teachers, and students. And it says here... This intimate memoir written by... So it's not necessarily... Like, I think what people think before they actually read the book, 
and I'm again I'm just going off of what I've heard people say about it is that this book is not necessarily just bashing Yogi Bhajan and saying what he's done it's about her devotion to him and her betrayal like a love for her teacher that was betrayed at some point you know it goes through her whole entire story it's it's I mean I guess I would like to read it just to put it into context but it says here this intimate memoir written by one of Yogi Bhajan's prized teachers and exalted students is full of devotion, love, dedication, betrayal, loss, and the healing unification of the self. It also reads as a love letter to a unique time in history, the 60s in Los Angeles and New Mexico, where love, music, art, spiritual exploration often led to self-transformation. As a historical treatise and a spiritual mystery, this book offers unique insight into the origins of the Western Sikh movement and the proliferation of Yogi Bhajan's Kundalini Yoga. Okay, so then this book is published, and it causes a ripple effect of disillusionment throughout the Kundalini Yoga community. Far what, and wide. Far and wide. What were the specific accusations that she makes against Yogi Bhajan? Well, again, I didn't read the book. I'm just, just going off heard. of yeah. what I read in the groups that I was in. Um, you know, uh, physical and sexual abuse. Young, uh, like underage? I don't know. You don't again, know. And then there women. was something about children? Well, there was somebody wrote, again, this is all hearsay, you know? Somebody wrote something about, like, the, the children's camps not being what people thought they were. Like, I don't know that the kids were necessarily abused. But again, I don't, I don't have any knowledge of that at all. I didn't read that in the book. I'm just going off of what some person on Facebook said that, you know, okay. I don't have a clue about that. So, I mean, it's clear that we really should read this book before we... Well... But, but, but even so... I mean, because he's not the first of these gurus that came over to the West. I mean, you have Osho, mm -hmm. right? Wild Country. We mm -hmm. watched that whole documentary and that was screwed up, by the way. I still think um, our idea for doing that as a Halloween costume. Oh, yeah. The dressing up as Sheila Nobody around and Osho. here would get it, but yeah, whatever. A, right. <clears throat> um, but it, it raises this larger issue that's connected to a lot of what's been going on in the world with the Me Too movement and uh, things that have come out, let's say, like Bill Cosby, mm -hmm. right? That's the one that, that comes foremost in my mind. And so, like, there's this ripple of disillusionment throughout the, the Kundalini Yoga community. How did, <clears throat> how did the, the teachers deal with it? Like, what was, what was the general reaction? What teachers? My teachers? Your teachers? Well, Guru I, can't, I can't speak for anybody, but the teachers that I practice with uh, directly. Um, so at first, Guru Jaga and her team didn't address it for a few days, and people went batshit crazy, leaving Guru Jaga's community, leaving her groups right away, because simply because a few days have passed and she didn't address it. And there was this one person or a couple of people who were posting about it in, in some of her groups and it, it seemed as though it was being deleted by her team and you know those people assumed that um, it was being deleted because you know they didn't want to deal with it they weren't going to deal with it they were trying to like just sweep it under the rug or whatever but it came out that the person deleting these comments was you know somebody on her team that simply didn't know any better they simply just didn't know the correct way to go about filtering that type of um, discussion or okay. topic so after that was cleared up you know 
Blue Jacket made a statement and she went, she went live in, in one of the groups that I'm in and had a call about it and said, um, you know, the, the reason that she didn't address it right away was simply because as a leader, as a leader, you know, she can't just react right away. You know, she can't just, she needs to soak up the information. She needs to really practice discernment. Mm -hmm. She needs to kind of go within and see how she feels about it and needs to find the right way to address her community because she's got hundreds of thousands of followers. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration. I don't know, but she has a, so she, she wanted to wait a little while before she addressed her community because it was a really heavy conversation. It was really emotionally charged for many people, so she has to be sure that she addresses it, you know, the best way that she can, she can you know. Mm -hmm. um, and really, what, what, is, what are we learning about the age of Aquarius is that our reaction versus our response, you know. We, have, we can't just react to everything right away. We can't have an emotional reaction to every single thing right away. So that was really her point anyway when she when she addressed it. So and again I don't I don't necessarily remember the details of what she said, but essentially it's what most of us are saying now is that, you know, these teachings are experiential. What have they done for you in your life? Um, and she's not gonna stop teaching, you know, and she not she's not going to forget how, you know, Yogi Bhajan changed her life, you know, with the teachings and what, what the teachings continue to do for her and her students. You know, the same with my other community in Montclair is essentially the teacher said, you know, we've experienced the benefits of Kundalini Yoga and it's not about the man because he's not here teaching it. You know, we're teaching it right. and we're, we're teaching it from our hearts and, and, you know, we're experiencing it every day as, as, you know, healing. It's a, it's a healing modality, you know, for me, it's, yeah, it's yoga, but it's different. You know, it's a healing, it's a self-healing modality and I can't deny the benefits that I've received. Do you know teachers or practitioners who completely abandoned it after? Not personally. Not personally. But do you know of, like, has that happened? Did, are there people that were like, that's it, I'm out? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Again, because once that all happened and I realized that I was having an emotional reaction to it, I was feeling very betrayed and disillusioned. Um, I had to leave a lot of those groups that I was now in, like the groups that were saying, the groups about the book, like I was invited to a bunch of groups, like conspiracy groups, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this is like, we're, we're going to discuss this book in this situation and it was so negative and I mean obviously this is, what he did was not great, but you know, the, the things that people were saying in this group, it just didn't feel, it wasn't in alignment for me, it was just so negative and I I mean yes again I'm not saying that what he did was a positive thing and like of course they were gonna have a, a quote-unquote negative discussion about it mm -hmm. but it was so low vibration that I couldn't handle the hate and the judgment towards each other like I'm like this is not the purpose of this type of group you know like mm -hmm. people were just bashing each other and finding every opportunity to jump on each other and people were just setting fuel to the fire and it was just over and over again like there was nobody in these groups was willing to have like a an adult mature conversation about it and held space for each other to give each other the opportunity to talk about how they really felt they just bashed and bashed and bashed and it was just awful so i had to leave those groups because it, it wasn't doing anything for me yeah you know well i mean that that goes on everywhere in every group in every comment no, thread doesn't. you know
No? No. I'm part of many groups that do not have... Mm. Th that are nothing like that. Well, okay, I didn't mean every single one, but it's not exclusive to just those groups oh, that you were in. Not. I mean, no. there, there are people out there that do that. <clears throat> so what was your... It was an interesting time when this came out, because this was a time right before Vera was born, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things in your life were either changing or ending and, and, and all that. What was your uh, reaction, and then how did you process it and move forward? I mean, my initial reaction was like I was hurt, you know? I, I, I thought, you know, how could I practice this this yoga when the guy that gave it to us was not a good person or could do the things that he he did you know teaching people about love and 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 uh, ascension and healing and then can go and do something like that to people I just couldn't that just didn't sit well with me and I wasn't sure that I could go on with the practice as deeply as I I was but at the same time that feeling for me was very short-lived and there was something about the situation uh, or there was something in me that told me that didn't let me take it that seriously to where I could just run away from the lineage completely like there was something in me that was just not allowing me to like go down that rabbit hole of like throwing the baby out with the bath of water yeah something just told me not to do that so you know while that was my initial reaction I was also noticing about myself like how easily I can react when something that I love when I have this idea of something and then somebody challenges it how easily I have an emotional reaction to that that was very big for me to notice about myself mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, my first step was I, I just took his photos off of my altar, you know, because I realized that, just like you had said when we talked about it, is, you know, it's not about the man who, who brought it over, it's about the experience I've had with it. Well, and the idealism of, or idolization of humans, you know, the being inappropriate. Right. <clears throat> okay, so that's kind of, and then that's obviously where I'm getting with that. I know we've already talked about it, but, you know, that's the question is, and I, I go back to Bill Cosby just because he's the extreme. You know, do you not ever practice Kundalini? Does the fact that Yogi Bhajan was allegedly this kind of person and did these kinds of things, does that invalidate the entire uh, Kundalini practice that he developed? My answer, of course, is no, that I, when a person creates something, it, it, it's, it has a life of its own. It's independent of that, of that person. Right. Um, but then you challenged back with, but what if that was somebody that you were close to, your best friend or a family member? You know, could you, or if it was Peter Gabriel. Right. You know, Peter, if it came out that Peter Gabriel had done something horrible, could I still listen to his songs? And... That's a good point. It would definitely be tainted for me. You know, Yogi Bhajan, I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, what I've come to understand or the conclusion that I've come up with over the past few months that this has gone down, uh, thinking about it, meditating on it or whatever, is like in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's subjective. 
there's no right or wrong answer. So if somebody in my community said, this is too much for me, I can't handle what he did, I'm walking away from the lineage. They're not wrong mm. and they're not right. Mm -hmm. And if I say, I am just gonna take his photo off my altar and I'm just gonna practice the practices that make me feel good because I know what they've done for me and my teacher still is my teacher and she hasn't done anything that made me feel unsafe or whatever. Right. Like, I, and I'm gonna stay, then that's okay. It's not right and it's not wrong. I've just come to the conclusion that this whole thing is very subjective. You know, it, everybody's different. Everybody has an, a, a, their response to it um, due to their own conditioning, filters, uh, preferences, uh, triggers, you know, and, and nobody here, whether they stay or leave, is right or wrong. So, okay, and I'm, that's kind of where, where I come from, too, you know. It, it, it took me a while to come to that conclusion, don't get me, because you know how upset I was. Sure, yeah, absolutely, you know? and I, we talked a lot about this, where I, right. I maintained that, you know, the other example I used was Einstein. I mean, Einstein was an adulterer, you know, he wasn't the mm -hmm. best family man, but uh, does that mean that you discard his right. uh, relativity? Argument, but my <laughs> argument was that... Einstein wasn't teaching you how to be a, a, a happy family. If he was teaching how to be a happy family and whatever, and then he's an adulterer, I couldn't go along with his teachings because the teachings itself are tainted. You know, he's doing the complete opposite of what he's teaching. That was my argument. It was like, Bill Cosby is a comedian and he was a, a rapist. Like, he wasn't teaching how to treat women fairly. Okay. He was just a comedian. I you see know? what you're saying. So the hypocrisy involved right. was... Right, okay. exactly. That's where I was coming from. It's like you're teaching spirituality and how, how to, you know, treat people with love. And, I mean, that was intertwined with all the yoga and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you're going to molest women or, or sexually assault women or whatever he did... But you're also having, a, you also have a woman's camp that you teach women only yoga and you teach women how to be the, the container for their families and how important women are, but, but you're abusing them too. Like, that's where I was going with it. Did so, he, did, I wonder if, you know, in his mind, was it abuse? I mean, again, that depends on exactly. the perspective of, the, of the, you know, this, this one person's perspective. Okay. Even if the person is a hypocrite, do you. You know, do you always have to practice what does the person if the person does not practice what they preach does that completely invalidate what they're preaching so you know, remember the conversation we had a few days ago where you said um, you'll your friends will ask you for advice and you'll find you'll say things like you were giving relationship advice to somebody and then realizing, oh my God, like... I'm not following this advice. This is exactly what I need to be doing to strengthen right. my relationship. And right. the same thing if I'm uh, pontificating to the students about life or how to be a good cat, you know, how to be a person of good character. And then I realize, hmm, and we talked about how it's, in a way, that's the way the universe is showing us things that we still need to learn. But by making the knowledge come through us... Mm -hmm. And we hear it and we go, oh, yeah, that's also good for me to hear as well. Does that make sense what I said? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. So, so what was the point? <laughs> you asked a question about hypocrisy? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is if, if the person is a hypocrite, do you just throw out all of the teachings? 
again, I think it's very subjective. Yeah. You know, um, if you're an open-minded person who understands that every human is flawed and that every human has the right to change their mind or change their ways like like if I like blue today and I decide that that's not my favorite color tomorrow does that make me wrong does that make me a hypocrite like mm. am I not allowed to change my mind so mm -hmm. quickly and so so you know if I believed that like the whole Alba Weinman thing where I swear she said one one day when I was at one of her workshops that online sessions are inappropriate to perform in hypnosis mm -hmm. and now she's doing it does that mean that she's a hypocrite or is that just mean like she's like okay well I guess it's time for me to change my ways like this is the way the world's going so I have to change up what I'm doing to serve people well as I understand it that's the one conclusion she came to and the other conclusion she came to was that she didn't do online sessions because there were certain certain aspects of the hypnosis that just wouldn't work online and that's why she didn't do it right well but and she told you what <laughs> that they were inappropriate i don't know if that's the right oh. term you know I'm, again no. i have to be careful what i say and how i say it and like realize mm -hmm. where my perception's coming from you right know? um i recall her saying that she, maybe it was just simply she didn't do online sessions i don't know but now she is you know and mm -hmm. is that due to to this covid virus where now she's being forced to because she can't travel and she needs to make money it yes is, yes is it due to the fact that she's realizing like okay well times are changing and i have to adapt mm -hmm. yes both answers are appropriate mm -hmm. and right and okay you know and if i was a really close-minded person who didn't believe that people are allowed to change their mind or do things differently from one day to the next then i would say okay no you're wrong you know this is wrong to change your mind or to, to mm -hmm. change your practice or to change whatever like but I don't believe that I believe that I'm, I'm losing my train of thought about the hypocrisy thing I don't really understand where we're going with this conversation I don't I mean I, where, where we're ultimately going is I feel that you know again if somebody creates a piece of art oh, okay like stand-up comedy All right, I got do you never listen to that comedy okay, I'm right. of the opinion that, that, okay. that, that the two are separate that the the creation whether it's a kundalini yoga practice or stand-up comedy right. or a piece of art, mm -hmm. once it's created, it is separate from the individual who created it. Right. And it has a life of its own. And so it should not be discounted because the individual is a flawed human being. Right. And see, this is where I'm saying that it's subjective. Somebody might say, no, I can't listen to it because of whatever reason like that person's not wrong right. and you're not wrong right. it's subjective that's mm -hmm. your feeling about it and you can look past it for whatever reason and that's fine mm -hmm. and the other person can't neither one of you are wrong in this situation mm -hmm. so the people leaving the lineage I don't think they're wrong for feeling hurt and dissolution by what Yogi Bhajan did because for whatever reason they're attached to the teacher and the practice and it intermingling and being one whole thing. And they can't tolerate it and they left. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Good for you for following your truth. It's it's not a universal truth here that we're talking mm -hmm. about. We're mm -hmm. talking about a, the, your truth, an right. individual's truth. And if you staying in the lineage is true for you and you can look past it or not even that you're looking past it. You can know what's happening and, and, and go on because that's... 
your experience and that feels good for you, then fine. And if it feels good for you to leave the lineage, that's fine. Nobody should be bashed or judged for either of those two decisions because it's, it's, it's their truth. You can't say to somebody that their truth is wrong. Okay. Here's the other thing that I've been wondering about. What about all the other people that studied under him and worked with him? I mean, how can it be that just this one woman is coming out and saying this? It's not this? just her. Just because she wrote a book, but she's she went public with a book, but there's many others that are on her side and have experienced this. Okay, okay. So Absolutely, there's, there's many. Others that came oh, out. Oh, yeah, oh, right. of course. Right. And again, like, I've, I was on YouTube a couple years ago and I, saw, I came across a video that said... Um, something about Yogi Bhajan and uh, a cult-like something or whatever, and I just squirreled past it. I didn't want to... At that time, I wasn't ready to hear or uh, know any of that stuff, and that was years ago. Oh, uh, okay. All right. You know? So gotcha. it's, this is not a new, and this is not new information, at least not to me. All right. I mean, there's also the Bikram Yoga guy. Right. Right? I mean, the, all these... <clears throat> These uh, so-called uh, teachers or gurus that came over, where we would say that as like uh, inappropriate to somebody else that just might be like, no, that's just what we do. This excerpt is from a Yogi Bhajan lecture called Paying Attention. If you develop the habit of paying attention, then you reach the heart of everyone. By paying attention, you attract warmth, wisdom, analytical reach, and superior understanding of another person and his qualities, faculties, and facets, which are the elements of his character. That can add to your own character and characteristics. In this way, your life runs smoothly, sincerely, cozily, and warmly, and there is great dedication and strength of character in your words. Everybody likes you, even though you do not know why. There are none in this world who don't have wealth, value, virtue, and the sixth sense. If you can realize this, you will look on any individual and his universe and his space in a simple way. You will know the beauty, the essence, and the exaltedness of the person. When I became an adult, I reversed my childhood cycle of getting attention to paying attention, and I was so loved, so liked, so gifted, that I couldn't believe how, with that one little change, my life could become so vast and I could cross any hurdle. Instead of pretending to have tears in my eyes, I tried to put on a face of smiling beauty, and I got what I wanted. No doubt I was born rich, but that was the time when I understood and liked the meaning of richness. In the same way I understood courage, in the same way I learned to walk tall in my life, I found out another secret. God walks with me in every nook and corner of my life. I always have a companion. I simply pay attention to it. It is there all the time, through thick and thin, and my journey of life is getting completed. Walk with me and pay attention. Surely we will enjoy it, and will make the journey so happy that we'll never get tired. That is the way to walk.